I've always thought too, especially, you know, at my age now in my life, that I don't want my glory days to have been when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want my glory days to have been when I was just turned 30. I want my glory days to be now. Welcome to Remodel Your Life. shining the light on women working in the trades and remodeling their life into something better. Join a female cabinet maker in California in bringing together kitchen remodeling and working with your hands for a living. Welcome your host, Camille Finan. I'm Camille Finan, and on the show today is Tanya Dubay. She is our second life coach we will be talking with to get her perspective on how she helps women with life transitions. Now that you and I both know a little bit about life coaches from episode two with Lisa, I'm excited to hear how Tanya approaches these same issues. Let's go to the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. With me today, I've got Tanya Marie Dubay. She is a mindset and motivational life coach, and she comes all the way from Toronto, Canada. So welcome to the show, Tanya. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Doing good. Nice sunny day in California. (laughs) Yeah, so I first met you at a kind of business retreat, and I was fascinated by what you do. And I've done a lot of transitions in my own business and my own life, and I know those are kind of sometimes the hardest things to do, and mm-hmm. it's really hard to do it by yourself and to struggle through that and feel like you're the only person going through that. So I would imagine that you've had lots of clients and lots of experience with that. Can you give us like a little bit of a background of kind of, you know, how you got into your business, maybe your educational background and kind of how you got to here today? Well, thank you so much for having me here. I think this is really exciting. And I think this is really, really important work that we do when we're talking about mindset and motivation and helping you get out of whatever it is that's keeping you down in life. So let me just begin with my interest in psychology comes from about 26 years ago. I had struggled a little bit growing up. I had moved around from foster home to foster home and was in eight foster homes by the time I was 10. And for a little while after that, I, you know, I was a street kid for a few years, bouncing around trying to make my way through school. And it wasn't until I had to drop out of school that my social worker at the school, I guess, or the guidance counselor, pulled me aside and uh, was talking to me about my grades and my potential. Hmm. Nobody had ever really sat down with me and talked with me about potential, like you could be anything or do anything. I kind of always thought that even though my grades were great and I really wanted to do really well for myself, I didn't really think I could get outside of the framework that I was put into. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You felt limited right from the start, basically. Almost, right? Mm -hmm. I think, too, there's a stigma that comes with having been in foster homes and having lived on the street. Mm -hmm. And that stigma is that you are that kind of person. Yeah. You know? And so fighting and struggling to get out of that, I just guess I was just always in survival mode more than Mm -hmm. I was thinking about my future. Did you feel like a lot of shame? Was there sort of a lot of shame associated with that as well? 
There was, there was a lot of shame. I think, you know, I remember very distinctly as a child creating a lot of stories about my life that weren't true. Mm. (laughs) A lot of stories and a lot of them were really funny and far-fetched. And I think back to the people listening to them must have just been shaking their heads because they were so (laughs) crazy, but this was my way to sort of, I don't know, break out of it and, and process it. Imagine something different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was also an actor from a very young age, too. Mm-hmm. And I and I found a lot of peace inside of that, because for everything I was afraid to say, that would almost mark me as a human in my real world. Mm-hmm. Being an actor allowed me just to be everything yeah. all the time, but in this in this sort of like hidden in plain sight way. Mm-hmm. So the guidance counselor basically notices that my grades are really good and I and I have potential. He's talking about my purpose and my potential. And he throws this psychology book at me. Wow. And I how know. old were you? I was, uh, when I dropped out of school, I was 16 years old, just yeah. turning 16 years old. Yeah. But young though. And he, and he really young, really set a big <laughs> challenge in front of you. <laughs> well, you know, I think too, yeah, I think too, because we had had many conversations in the past and I was very mature for my age and I mm-hmm. but it was very academic. I loved school. I loved to learn. And I think also because when you grow up in the foster care system, you're constantly surrounded by psychologists, social oh. workers, and you know, even though it's not always fun, they're kind of poking and prodding at you to see where you're at and what your intellectual capabilities are at every age to make sure you're also being taken care of. So there is a benefit to that. So I grew up with this language around me all the time. Not not the sort of language that we use today, but just like everybody around me always trying to to push me a little harder to see how far I could go. By the time this, you know, school counselor threw this book at me, I kind of rolled my eyes. I was in a very rebellious place in my life. I had to drop out of school to go support myself. Now it was time. And that book just sort of sat there for a while staring at me. It was my first apartment. Mm -hmm. I was all by myself in this apartment and I had this book. (laughs) And I remember thinking that could actually change everything. You know, Mm -hmm. so I started to read it. And that was the beginning of my love of psychology. Wow. And so how did you get into school though? If you were, you know, I mean you didn't have parents, you didn't have money. How did Mm -mm. you go to university? Oh, it was almost on like a wish and a, a lot of a lot of motivation just to change my life. By the time I was 19 years old, I think I was 19 years old, I wanted to see if I could get into, I was living in Alberta at the time, and I wanted to see if I could get into the College of Art and Design. So I applied for it and they accepted me, but they said, obviously, because I didn't have my high school diploma, um, that was going to be an issue. And I needed to get student loans and they wouldn't let me. So I understood now that if I was going to make something of myself, it was complicated. It would be a complicated process. But the way that I taught myself to think about complicated processes is that I need to look at it as a challenge. And I need to look at anything that scares me as a way to grow myself and to expand myself. So I look at a challenge like that, and they gave me three weeks to get my GED, which is your general education diploma, get my GED and get my student loans in order. And then I thought, why go to college for art and design when I could probably go to university for psychology? So in a three-week period, I tested for my GED, barely passed it, but I did pass it. (laughs) And that was really important to me. And then I applied for student loans, and off I went. I got accepted to university, and I started three weeks later. Wow. That was probably the first time you really felt really proud of yourself and you got that that little jolt of a reward from trying hard at something and then it actually worked, right? Well, yeah, it, it was not the first time this sort of thing had happened for me, but it was the first time in a long 
time after a lot of struggle. Right. I've always thought too, especially, you know, at my age now in my life that I don't want my glory days to have been when I was 20 Mm -hmm. or I don't want my glory days to have been when I was just turned 30. I want my glory days to be now in every stage that I'm at. So for me, that was huge. I knew Mm -hmm. I could do it because I, because I wanted it very badly. Right. And I think that when we want something that badly, when Mm -hmm. we want change that badly, we will make everything fall into place to have it. Yeah. And don't you find, I mean, I definitely find that a lot of times the things that, I mean, there's sort of positive motivation and there's negative motivation. And -hmm. sometimes when you're, you know, super dirt poor and nothing's going right Mm -hmm. and you can't seem to connect with anything and you're miserable, sometimes that, that extreme negative motivation I find actually gives you more energy to get something Hmm. done because you so desperately don't want to be where you're at. Sometimes it's actually easier to move forward when you don't have anything to lose and you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's also sometimes easier than having something positive at the end of it. I I don't know. I've just found a lot of my biggest changes have been when I've been miserable or I'm really unhappy with where I'm at. It gives me the motivation to actually, you know, get off my ass and do something dramatic. Um, So it kind of sounds like that's part of what you did. Well, I call that lighting a fire under your ass, right? <laughs> like I that's always, a, I always. That's a more I've sophisticated always, way of saying it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> but anytime I've ever had, you know, a client or, or a friend or a family member talk about a point, you know, in their life that causes them pain or it's, it's a place of contention or they're at a crossroads, I say just jump in. Just do the thing that scares you. If you don't like your job, really quit, quit and just find mm-hmm. that next thing or, or at least give yourself a two week window, but don't don't just sit on it and don't accept mediocre and don't right. accept. I just think that a lot of it starts in, in our head. I think all of it actually starts in our mind and, mm-hmm. and how we talk to ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So how many years were you in university and then what did you end up graduating with? I am literally three courses short of my psychology degree and my bachelor <laughs> of arts. I know. Okay. We'll it's just give you that. We'll just yeah, give yeah. you that. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I have a master's degree in psychology you to be perfectly <laughs> honest, just because I've been studying for so long. Yeah. But it was difficult. I mean, I had the student loans to go to university, but I also, because I left the province, I had to work as well to mm-hmm. pay for my rent and to do all of those things. And that became a struggle. Yeah. And so it took me a while to, to get this BA in psychology going, you know, and I, I have two small children and, and my youngest son is six years old. So when he was born oh, yeah. is when I actually did as many courses as I could from home to mm-hmm. complete this bachelor's. And I did it with, you know, my little tiny baby and, yeah. you know, my, my daughter in, in grade two at the time, I think. So how old were you then when you, so you met some, so you're in university and you met your, your, um, husband then, and you got married and started having children. So in the middle of that, you met someone and that's how it happened. Yeah. I met him when we were, uh, we're no longer together and we are actually going through a divorce, which Mm. is what prompted the summit, but no, it's been an interesting experience, (laughs) Yeah, but it's good. It's necessary. I think to go through these things and to embrace them in a way, Mm -hmm. but we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, so I met him and then we traveled, we did a little bit of traveling and then we moved up to Toronto we decided we wanted to have children like a lot of other couples do. And then, yeah, like just sort of took off from there. Right. And so you got out of school, sort of out of school, right? And then Mm -hmm. when did you decide to become a life coach? I mean, when did you start helping? How did you start that business and how did that sort of commence? 
When I was about 10 years old, I, I started to notice that people would come to me with issues, like heart issues, you know, not things that a 10 year old should probably be aware of. But back then, I mean, <laughs> this was in the middle 80s. There wasn't a lot of, well, maybe just in my particular circumstance, but there wasn't a lot of regard for my, for my emotional well-being, I suppose. It was just sort of expected to go to school and expected to deal with things. And, mm -hmm. and there wasn't, and there wasn't the help for kids that there is today, I find. So that said, all the parents of my friends that were walking the kids to school, every now and then one of them would just tell me this heavy piece mm -hmm. of information that was going on in their lives. And, and I remember lying in my bed at night. I was in this one foster home at the time. I was lying in my bed thinking and processing all of this information. And I would cry sometimes for the pain you know, that some of these people were carrying around with them with no way to do anything about it. And then what could I tell them at 10 years old? But I noticed that people were coming to me more and more and it got heavier as I got older, you know, and then it was my high school friends and there were the usual high school talk, you know, conversations about drugs and mm -hmm. sex and alcohol and yeah. and yeah and it got it got kind of dark sometimes you know we would talk about depression and mm -hmm. and suicide and right. you know kids were throwing around these words and these ideas like they were simple mm -hmm. you know and and easy and, and 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 difficult but just it was just so common to talk about this stuff but that's when i started to be able to offer something in return because i had noticed that through all the years without parents and watching other kids with their parents and mm -hmm. living in a foster home and having social workers and right. doing all this crazy stuff that i actually had something to offer when it came to how i thought about my world right mm. this is when i started to be able to give back so in my early years of a life coach i don't even know that i would have called it a life coach i would right. have just been doing this for free mm -hmm. for everybody you know and i seem to have been a magnet for that sort of thing it was strange. I'd be walking down the street when someone would ask me a question, like, what time is it? Or do I know where such and such store is or whatever? And then before I know it, I'm in an hour long conversation about the biggest <laughs> secret of their life. Right. Like, right. But I find this so fascinating and it happens to me everywhere I go, even to this mm -hmm. day. Yeah. So I think it's neat. I think that life has a way of presenting you with your purpose over and over and over again. And this is why I feel like I have a business coach and she always says this to me and I agree with her. She says, you have a master's degree in this one specific area in your life that just keeps showing itself over and over. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that that you deserve to go through hard times or you deserve to only be dealing with adversity. But it's sort of like showing you where you can help other people because you're getting the practice over and over and over again. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. So you created this business and then for someone that's never had a life coach before or someone to sort of help them through something difficult or help them to get from something they don't like to something they do like in a career relationship, whatever, how did you find clients? How did you, how did you help clients? How does that sort of manifest itself? Finding clients for me was literally just word of mouth. Like I'd be talking to an older woman for example, on the, on the street <laughs> mm -hmm. or in the bookstore. And she would, she would eventually at the end of that conversation say, I, I really need you to meet my daughter. Mm -hmm. My daughter's going through this. Would you help her? You yeah. know, and then we would discuss payment or whatever, yeah. um, at another, at another time, but just to discuss what she needed from me. So for me, it was usually word of mouth and it was, I think it's just in listening and just being really present with somebody and what I love about coaching, rather than finishing my degree and becoming a psychologist with a master's degree, 
Um, that would be a great world as well. But one of the things I love about what I'm trained in, I'm trained specifically in something called strategic intervention. And instead of taking a person 20 years into their past about why all of these things have happened to them and why and where they're at mm -hmm. emotionally and mentally, with my work that I do, we start here. We start right now and we talk about where we want to go in the future and then we make a plan to actually get to that place. I mean, it's a little different in the framework. I don't like getting too much into all the reasons why something went wrong mm -hmm. because I do believe in accountability and I do believe in, you know, at some point we have to stop blaming our parents. Yeah. <laughs> we have to stop blaming all of the crappy things that have happened to us. Take, you know, control and work your brain around what you want and then you move forward with that. Right. What do you think is different about your style as a life coach compared to maybe other life coaches? Well, I guess it depends what kind of life coach you are. People come to me when they're going through really big problems. So what people need from me the most is a way to retrain their brain to find a way to get rid of old habits and replace them with healthy new habits. They need to see the world through a different set of eyes, which are their own eyes eventually, but they just need someone to help them reprogram themselves into this new being, mm -hmm. you know, this new way of being. So I guess it just depends what kind of coach you need. I have friends who are grief and loss, you know, death coaches. They help people get through that when they've lost somebody. I have another friend who is a life coach specifically for people who are transitioning from hospice into crossing over and into their death. I mean, it just depends what it is that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. For me, mindset and motivation, I feel like is the foundation to everything. If you can get your head around something without pointing the finger and passing blame, mm -hmm. but you take control over your life and for what you can control, you do the best with that. And then if you can motivate yourself to get out of bed in the morning, to have things to look forward to, know how to set goals, have a lot of self-actualization, I guess. Mm -hmm. To me, those two things are what can make everything possible. I think that's the foundation to anything in life. And so how long does that process take? I mean, I know that's like saying how much does a car cost, but, but <laughs> I mean, like what sort of, you know, and I know you've got some bigger things coming up on the horizon for yourself personally, but what has been the process in the past? You know, is it a thousand dollars and it's over a month and a half? Is it three months, six months, and it's, you know, $500 a month. Is it like, how is it sort of like if someone wants to maybe change their career? Oh, I see. I see. I mean, how, how does that kind of manifest itself? How do you learn what to charge people? Is well, that what you're asking? No, just like what, what has been sort of a range of packages that you've offered like one-on-one? -on -one? Is it by the hour? Is it a lump sum amount and then that's spread out over three months or is it six months that's how or is it I a actually year? do it now. No, that's how I do it now. So in my work specifically, I have a package that I charge over a four month period. It's a $1,200 package over a four month period. Mm -hmm. And inside of that, you have unlimited emails with me back and forth. Mm -hmm. We do a weekly phone call so that I know where okay. you're at. We make a plan to go forward with that next week. I've also worked with people by the hour, but the problem I find with working by the hour is if let's say somebody's goal is to lose a hundred pounds while working well, with yeah. <laughs> me to get your mindset and your motivation, right. Working with me over one or two phone calls is not going to get your head in the game. Cause you're, there's nothing attaching you to that goal. Mm -hmm. So working with me over say a four month period, it never usually ends at four months, but over a four month period keeps us together. Like I'm, I'm behind you. Mm -hmm. I'm making you accountable for what you're doing. I help you reach your goals. I can teach you strategies and all kinds of 
give you tools and skills and even coping mechanisms. You need so much when you're trying to change your life. Yeah. So by the hour, it doesn't really work. And my goal is to help somebody not need me anymore at some point. Yeah. So the only way you're, that's going to happen is if you actually reach your goal. Mm-hmm. So it's important to me. But how long the process takes, um, that's what you asked me at the beginning yeah. of that was. Yeah. Um, About four months it really, is what you're well, saying. It really depends. Like if, you know, I mean, I've had clients who are like me in the, in the sense that they know something's wrong. They know they have to fix it. They're willing to listen to someone who can tell them what to do and then they do it. Mm -hmm. And then I've got people who want to be right. You know, if you want to be right and you, you're not ready to make those changes, it's going to probably cost you a lot more money and a lot more of your time. Mm -hmm. You have to surrender to this idea that you can be completely different if you want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you can have complete control over your life if you want that, but, but you have to surrender yourself to that. Right? Yeah. You have to give yourself over to the idea that you don't know what to do because if you did, you wouldn't need me. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah so it works together. I mean, you work in partnership with each other, but mm-hmm. it has to be over a period of time. You can't get, you can't accomplish anything in just a few sessions, I find. Yeah. Yeah. I like to use a, um, cause I've done quite a bit of counseling with clients myself in a business, you know, business right. um, description before I was a carpenter. Um, Mm -hmm. but I like to use the word of get better information. And Mm -hmm. so like sometimes when we're struggling with a problem, we can't solve it. We're we're just using the same information we already have, right? The same thought processes, Mm -hmm. the same resources. And we kind of come up with the same exact solution every time. And then you're stuck. And so every time I've been stuck, a strategy that's always worked is to reach out and try to get better information, keep trying to get better information until you get something that is an actual solution. And then all of a sudden it kind of shifts a bit and things start to move forward again. So it sounds like you're, that's basically what you're doing is you're giving them better information, better feedback, better resources and better strategies to make real changes basically. Cause if we could do it ourselves, we'd already be doing it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And and you can't, you know, it's really important to remember that you can't fix your problem with the same Mm-hmm. set of skills and ideas that got right. you into the problem. Right. Right. So you need, you need this extra, uh, mm-hmm. you need this extra help. Like for myself with, with my children, even they can't just get their frame of reference from just me in life. Like I yeah. surround them with all my girlfriends and I want them to get, you know, this frame of reference of the world, like from a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, you know, some weight in that. Like we can actually learn more about ourselves when we open ourselves up. It's also important to remember that at different life stages, we handle things differently. So, you know, if you haven't had yourself in the middle of a problem for a really long time, you can't expect yourself to solve today's problem with 10 year old ways of looking at things. Right. So yeah, I like that. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's neat. It's, and it's important to remember. And I find a lot of clients don't, don't recognize that until I say it, right. You know, like you're, you're not who you were 10 and 20 years ago. Absolutely. You know, that really resonates with me. I never heard it put that way, but you're, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, that would, thank you. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> I learned something. That's really good. I like that. Thank um, <laughs> thanks again for listening this far. We're going to take a quick break and I'm going to tell you about a product I just love that helps support this show. Hey guys, it's Happy Wednesday, and I'm opening up my latest Blue Apron box, and I was thinking about a couple of other reasons that I absolutely love it, and I wanted to kind of detail what's in my box that I get to open up every single week. 
one of the things I love is that you get these three major things in every single box. So for instance, you're going to always get a pasta, a rice, potatoes, a grain, something like that. So you're going to get three or four of each of those. Then if I keep moving around, I'm going to get a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables and I'm going to be introduced to fruits and vegetables I've actually never even seen before. Like this week, I can see that there's a pear here that I've never actually seen this color of pear. It's a slightly different shape. I love that I get introduced to really unusual different things, right? And then on top of the grain or pasta or rice that you get and the vegetables that you get, then there's this super cute thing called the knickknack package. And along with every single recipe and a recipe card is this little package that's filled with all the smaller items or anything that's really unusual, like saffron threads or truffle butter or cornicones. I don't even know what those things are. They're like these little spicy seeds, all kinds of things I've never really cooked with because they're either expensive to buy in bulk, right? Or they're unusual and I don't know if it's going to work. So I love that I get this knickknack package. It's my favorite part because it always has the kind of unusual exotic stuff in this little bag. And then further down at the bottom of the box, all perfectly separated is all my meats, right? And so I can tell that this week I have a steak, I have some pork and I have some shrimp. And I love the variety of that. That's another reason I really love Blue Apron. And you can also choose vegetarian or pescatarian or omnivore. You get to really say what you want or don't want. And I love the flexibility of that. For like almost an entire year, I got vegetarian just to see what would happen and to see the variety of the recipes, and they were fantastic. And my husband, who was a complete meat eater, didn't even really notice that we were eating vegetarian for that entire time because the recipes were so great. That's just another thing I was thinking about that I love, the variety. I love all the different things in the box, beautifully packaged, and it's always delicious. And so and I absolutely love Blue Apron. If you guys think you might be interested, please consider it. It takes all the hassle out of it, all the extra expense. You get all this variety and you get some amazing recipes each and every week. They basically streamlined it down to the absolute best parts of cooking. That's why I love it. And if you want to experience this Blue Apron style with me, just head over to remodelyourlifepodcast.com forward slash Blue Apron, and you can get $30 off your first order and be right away cooking some of these great new recipes with me. All right, talk soon. I was just thinking, I was trying to imagine like clients going through this process and I could imagine it being a little bit maybe frustrating for you on some levels where, what are some of the things that clients do to sort of self-sabotage moving forward or sort of self-sabotage um, this process? Like, are there certain things that yep. you kind of see oh, yeah. consistently happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as you said, what, what can people do to self-sabotage? I've been, I've done it myself and I mean, we're all human, mm -hmm. but, but I can catch myself in the middle of it now. And this is my goal for my clients is that they can catch it when it happens, but, but not replacing old habits with new habits. This is the number one thing for me. Let me give you an example. When I wanted to complete my bachelor degree and I wanted to do it when my son was just, you know, super tiny, like seven months, I think is when I thought I would be ready and he would be ready for me to do this. Now, how was I going to finish a bachelor's degree from home with mm -hmm. two small children? And I had to, you have to change the way you do things. So mm -hmm. in order for me to study and do my homework, 
I was nursing at the time. So my son would nurse at three in the morning and I literally would stay up from three 30 until seven 30, just doing homework, mm. you know, just reading and doing homework. And that's not an answer for everybody, but for me, that's how I could fit in that time. Cause without that, mm-hmm. there's no way I could do it. I mean, children nap all throughout the day, but then you also need to nap and you need to do other things. Right. Yeah. So I had to rework it. And I find that with most of my clients, when there is self-sabotage creeping in, it's because they haven't changed their habits. And you can't just drop a habit. You need to replace it with something else. Time and time again, I've seen people just want to, you know, if they're smokers and they just want to quit smoking, they think it's just that simple just to quit. And it's really not. You need, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things involved with smoking, like the hand to mouth, the taking deep breaths. Like you have to replace all of those things with healthy options, right? Mm. In order to make a quitting, like quitting of smoking successful. So it's the same thing with anything. When you want to change your life, you really have to change how you do things, not just what you think, not just, you know, what you physiologically do with your body, but but also with how you set up your day. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we all do this. We set ourselves up to fail a lot. I just feel like self-sabotage happens all the time. And it's, I think, with the 10 million thoughts we have going through our heads at any given moment, you need to be able to recognize when your body is getting into a slump, when your language in your head starts to change a little bit, and when your focus is off. Mm-hmm. That's actually something I teach. That's like a try. I call it a triad of emotion. You know, your your language, your physiology, and your focus. So those three things. When you're feeling off, get up, dance, shake it out, yeah. <laughs> do something. You know, tell mm-hmm. yourself in your head. Go through your affirmations. Remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. And what is the one thing that needs to be done today? And then just focus on that one thing. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's interesting. So let's get into the whole mindset motivation thing. Because, I mean, I kind of have an idea of what I think that is. I consider myself a fairly, my natural center would be a fairly positive person and a pretty highly motivated, ambitious person in general. What is your version of what, from your, you know, uh, professional experience, what does mindset mean? And, and how do we use that as a coach? Like, what are you actually changing outside of okay. just acting positive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I can go back to when I was a little kid and in foster care, I remember having these conversations with one of my foster fathers, I guess you would call him. He used to sit down with me. I'd cry sometimes, you know, I'd come home and I'd see these kids with their parents or whatever, and it would make me sad. And I remember sitting down with him and he'd say, well, instead of thinking about what you don't have, why don't you think about what you do have? And I'd always be like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, like I get all upset (laughs) because sometimes we just want to be unhappy just for five minutes, just like we need to feel that. Mm -hmm. And then you get your head in the game pretty much is what he used to always say to me. So for me, mindset is where are you going to put your thoughts? Are you going to put your thoughts into what a crappy rainy day it is today? Are you going to put your thoughts into how beautiful it is and that we're lucky to live where we live or we're lucky that we can put food on the table or that the grayness of the day is kind of romantic in a way? Like Mm -hmm. it just depends on how you're going to look at your life. Are you going to look at somebody grumbling at you in their car? I don't drive and I walk and as a pedestrian, people get angry with me a lot, especially if I jaywalk. (laughs) So, but if they're going to grumble at me and I'm doing something wrong, I have no problem saying, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to make anyone else's day bad either. And that's another part of mindset. I think it's taking responsibility for Mm. how you think and who you are in the world. 
I think we have this huge obligation and responsibility to ourselves to not only be the best version of ourselves, but also to to be careful what we attract to ourselves. So you have to be aware of what you're thinking most of the time. Like You just have to be present and in the moment. For me, mindset is all of those things. I want to put off good energy in the world, you know, and I do find that being grateful has, and I don't do it for this reason, but it's got a massive reward, you know, that comes with being grateful and being happy Mm -hmm. and choosing to be optimistic. And yeah, I have my crappy days like everybody else has their crappy days. It's how you come back from those crappy moments. Right. So you have some strategies that you sort of teach your clients of how to shift their mindset or how to maybe control their mindset more? Well, you know, I start with language in the head, you know, what people say to themselves about themselves, about the world around them, about the people they know. I like to start there, to be perfectly honest. I think that gossiping is really bad. It's Mm -hmm. really bad because it's as fun and juicy as it can all be. It just sets a very low standard. And you're working on a very low vibration when you're kind of like asking to see and to know what's what's going wrong with other people all the time. Mm -hmm. So I try to nip that. Like, just don't do that. Don't pass on information that you've heard. Don't talk about other people unless it's in a positive way. Like, just don't Mm -hmm. try not to do that. I mean, sometimes it's hard. I'm I'm going through a divorce and I'm attracting Mm -hmm. a lot of other divorced women to me. So we Mm -hmm. all know sometimes that's hard to do, but on the up and up, you want to say, you know, you want to be a person of integrity. Right. So, and then the language that goes on in our heads, you know, what we say about ourselves in our heads is just as important as what you would allow other people to say to you about yourself. When you're talking about yourself in your head and you hear your voice, you know, if you're working out and you hear your voice say, oh my God, I can't do any more of this. That's the moment that you stop yourself and say, no, of course I can do this. This is a, I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm totally going to do this. And even just by like pepping it up like that and, right. and reworking that language, it's amazing. You could do two more sets mm-hmm. in the gym. It's true. And it's happened to me over and over and over again. Or if you're telling yourself that, let's say there's something in your business I used to do business strategy and let's say there's something in your business that has to be done to take your business to the next level, Mm -hmm. but it scares the daylights out of you. So you stop yourself from even going near your computer. All of a sudden you're washing the dishes and washing the floor. I've done this many times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) I still do this. Yeah. yeah, Well, so do we all. Right. But then the, the trick though is to catch yourself right when you're doing it and just have that conversation with yourself. Like, come on, really? Right. Like you can do better than this. Remove the emotion out of it. Just get the thing done that has to be done. Mm-hmm. And then see how badly you want to go wash the floors after that. <laughs> yeah. I call it do it anyways. I have, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my thing is just, you, yeah, you're scared. And then you just, you just do it anyways. You do it because it has to be done. And it's just, you just do it anyways. Yeah. Like, yeah, just do it anyway and get your, get the emotion out of it. Yeah. I learned that from a book called do it anyways. And it's, it's fabulous <laughs> though. I mean, it really, it's, it's good. I still struggle with that, but I still, you know, I'm doing it. I'm doing a lot more things anyways than I normally would be doing because Good of that book. So yeah, yeah it's a that, great that's book. the power of growing yourself, right? And, mm-hmm. and expanding your horizons and reading, you know, books like that. It's amazing when you surrender to the idea that you need help and you're willing to accept what comes your way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So let's shift gears a tiny bit. I know you okay. mentioned that you're going through a divorce. I'm sorry. That's all, I'm sure that's very painful. And you were married Thank for you. quite a few years, right? I was. Yeah. I was all together. Total, we were married for 18 and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's got to be a grieving process, I'm sure. For It the, has. You know, yeah. It really has been. And I think going through, it's been a little over a year now. And I think having gone through this, 
there's a lot of things I don't know that I would be able to handle if I hadn't had the experience that I've already had in my life. Mm-hmm. When I was 12 years old and living on the street for three years, I actually lived under a tree for a summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your life just doesn't get any weirder than that. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it was, I had a lot of talks with the universe, you know, yeah. like, what was my life going to become at 12 years old? So I mean, I've gone through stuff like that. Going through this divorce is nothing compared to that. But because I have all of these skills, right. I really don't, I don't like seeing women being held down. I don't mm-hmm. like oppression. I don't like women feeling like they have nothing left to offer, especially if they've been left, you know, Mm -hmm. like for me in my situation, I knew that there was certain things that were going on that wasn't going to stop. And, Mm -hmm. and if I was going to continue on with my life journey, that needed to stop. So, so for me, I, I took the initiative to do this, but for someone who's been left behind, Mm -hmm. I, there's just so much that you need to know there's, and, and it's really, once you learn these very specific skills, Mm -hmm. which is what my summit is based on. Once you learn these specific skills, it shifts your, your perspective and you start to think, okay, all right. So I'm not abandoned right now. I have the control to move myself forward in this and this and this area of my life, or I don't have to be fearful of money because there are X number of ways for me to start making a living. Mm -hmm. There's just all these things. Like I have 21 experts coming onto my Mm -hmm. summit to talk specifically with women who are going through divorce in every single area of what's happening to us as we're going through this process, the fears, the grief, Mm -hmm. finding love again, finances, if you want to become an entrepreneur, starting a business, Mm -hmm. uh, it goes through everything, mindset, motivation. I mean, I've got people Mm -hmm. talking about everything and I wanted it to be all encompassing because at the end of that 21 days of listening to an interview a day, Mm -hmm. I want women to feel like this is not it. There's there's so much more, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the name of, since you brought up the um, summit, what's the name of the summit and when are you thinking of doing it and how do people participate? What's the name of it, first of all, so we know what to call it? Sure. So the title of my summit is called Thriving After Divorce. The tagline that I've used is discover how you can reclaim your life and turn your breakup into your breakthrough. Hmm. So the launch date is on October 2nd, and you'll be able to sign up for the summit on tanyadubay.com. That's my website. That's T-A-N-Y-A-D-U-B-E.com. There will be a sign-up form there for you to log on. And then every day you'll get an interview email from me with links to freebies that all of these guest expert speakers are going to be offering everybody as a takeaway, something that they can have at the end of the at the end of that one hour interview. So yeah, so it's, it launches October 2nd. Right. And so how, what does it cost to participate and sort of how, you know, can anybody sign up? Anybody can sign up for it. You don't have to be a woman going through divorce. <laughs> you could be someone who's also contemplating divorce. You're not sure <laughs> if this is the road for you. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think one of the hardest decisions in going through this is is whether or not you think you can handle it because you right. don't know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. So whether you've gone through it already, you're going through it, or you're not sure if this is for you, this is absolutely a summit for everybody, even for men. I find there's going to be just so much information. It's all a transitory sort of thing, so everybody can learn from it. The cost is absolutely free. Hmm. There's no cost to doing this. It's what I've been going through for a year. It's the free part is being on the idea that this is without all the free lessons that I've got in my life, I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. So this is my gift Hmm. to the world. Yeah, lovely. (laughs) Absolutely free to join. And then yeah, I just I want to see as many people come out of this 
feeling changed and different and optimistic about their future. Right. You know, and so yeah. how are you going to, I mean, how are you moving forward? What's sort of the direction of the type of coach that you want to be? Like, what are you going to do with your business personally? I'm going to stay as a mindset and motivational life coach. I'm right now in the stages of developing a small program for people to learn how to teach themselves specific skills. And I'm just in the stages of building it. So I can't get into too much about um, what that is exactly going to entail, but I'm taking my coaching business from one-on-one in my own backyard into a more global Mm. perspective where, you know, I don't think, and I'm kind of late to the game. It's so funny. I'm very old fashioned that way, but I I haven't used the internet to build my business at all. So this Mm. is new for me. I'm bringing my business online. And I think the only thing stopping me from helping somebody who needs me in Australia is me getting my business online. (laughs) Right, exactly. So you're kind of remodeling your business, basically. So I'm remodeling my business at the same time. So you're sort of pushing yourself as well out of your comfort zone. That's Um, it. Yeah. And so I know you'd mentioned, we'd mentioned earlier that you were also going to try to do some public speaking. Like, tell me a little bit about your interest in that and what you're hoping to share with people. Okay. Thank you for asking about that. I feel like I've done a little bit of this in my life, but for smaller audiences, I think talking about motivation and and motivating people out of something bad and into something good is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. But I don't want to, in a motivational framework, I don't want to speak only to women or only to adults in general, but I want to do this for kids who are coming up through the kind of life that I had. Mm -hmm. Because I really do think that that counselor in school really changed my life. But the fact that that counselor and I hadn't had that kind of conversation until it was kind of too late at that point, like I needed to leave school at that point, kind of scares me. And I think a lot about this and about... That's a very lucky break right there. (laughs) A very lucky break, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important to recognize that and to give back with that. So I have this idea working up in my head where I want to help these teenagers know that who they are right now, specifically in their life and what they've been going through, this is not all that there is. You know, I I think, I think honestly that we have this journey, life on this planet, we have this journey and that these things that keep us back or hold us down are just obstacles. And it's up to us to find our way over them and through them and around Mm -hmm. them in order to get to the next obstacle, really. This is what life is all about, I think. And, And then finding the joy and the love and everything in between. But to get these kids like, Growing up in a foster home, I wasn't the only foster kid there. You know, we my house was filled with foster kids. And in one particular home where I stayed for a long period of time, there was a bit of a revolving door, mm-hmm. you know. And so I met all of these kids. And and it's amazing how quick we go to um, when you are children in this situation. You go to being, I don't want to say being bad, but you're doing these things to get some attention yeah. from somebody. Because you just want somebody to care about yeah. something that you're doing. That thinking needs to stop and it needs to move into an area of helping ourselves and understanding what the world has to offer. Because up until you're about 17, don't you think you know everything, right? You think you know everything. You think (laughs) life isn't going to change that much. You know, you think, what do I need this for? What do I need school for? What do I need all of these other things for? And you don't understand the way it works yet. And now add on to that somebody who comes from a family life that's that's pretty crummy or you know they come from the life that I did where you're very limited in what and what you feel like you can do so anyway so motivational speaking for me I would love to be able to get out there and just start talking to kids yeah I was thinking it would be awesome if you could do like little retreats for foster kids 
like little that's ret- a great idea. I mean that would be an awesome like a little world tour right like maybe just start in <laughs> start in the United States right get a bunch of press and do like yeah. like little business retreats but for for teenager kids and for kids in wow. foster and invite them and it's like you remodel your life but you're coming up with a different language but maybe it's like showing them how to look at themselves as like little entrepreneurs of their own lives, right? Like how they can fix and work on these things in there and they have all this potential and they're like a little business, right? They're like something that could be flourishing. I mean, that just gives me chills. I could totally see you doing little business retreats Do you know for what? foster I kids. Have, <laughs> like, oh my God, you're, that okay, would be- you're never going to believe. I got to tell you what I'm, what I'm working on with my daughter. You're going to laugh, hmm. but th- I think I'm going to use your idea. I think this yeah. is a fantastic idea. My daughter now, who's going to be 12 in October, she and I have been talking about what she, like, she wants to help little kids who are going through divorce. Mm. So we're talking about building a business for her, an yeah. online business for her, where she starts to do the same thing that I'm doing. I'll be doing it for women and she'll be doing it for, for the children kids. of these families. Yeah. yeah. And so that my daughter will love that. I'm totally going to talk to her about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how you would, how you would do use it to make money, but maybe it's just like a foundation and you give yeah. some of your time and you create this little thing and you, it's just free and you basically contact shelters and, and just invite yeah. these kids to come and explore other resources and you speak and you do little exercises together and the things that like, if you had been invited to that, it would have changed your world. Oh, when I was a kid. Oh my goodness. I've seen these potential that you just, it's like, you just would, your head would have exploded. You would have been like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That would be, I mean, that would be, talk about uh, an original idea. That was like, nobody's doing that. Right. The government's trying to fix all these kids, but it really needs somebody that's gone through the process coming in from yeah. the outside with a really objective but compassionate, empathetic viewpoint. Like you would know probably what would actually really have helped you at that stage. You know, oh, how to sure. get through school, why it's so important, or find a trade, you know, find something to do with your hands, find theater, yeah. find something to be good at. Yeah. So you really yeah. feel good about yourself, or yeah. like you were saying, these coping skills and, and all those things. So you're in having something having something to look forward something to, to look huge. forward to yeah. that's that's really huge when it comes to feeling stuck in your life like oh, you need absolutely. something to look forward to three months from now six months mm-hmm. from now yeah yeah well good well i hope to see it one day <laughs> yeah you know what you and i, I are to gonna be have invited. a conversation yeah we're gonna have a conversation about this again <laughs> awesome all right well so you've got your october 2nd you said is your is your online summit and what was the name again i didn't quite write it down again what was the title sure, of yeah. it it's called Thriving After Divorce, okay. and it's called Discovering How You Can Reclaim Your Life and Turn Your Breakup into Your Breakthrough. Okay. And, it's 21, and it launches October yeah. 2nd. October 2nd is 21 days of an expert each day through your email, and you're sort of guiding people through, and it's free, yep. listeners. It's yep. free. And there's freebies. Yep. Freebies every single day from every speaker. Awesome. Okay. And um, you can sign up at tanyadubay.com. Awesome. Well, awesome. That was um very good information. And I feel like I have a much better handle on sort of what a motivational life coach does, mindset coach does, and sort of the process and the length of, you know, the basic length of time and how you can help someone start a business or get through something difficult. This has been great. I've I've really learned a lot. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun talking to you. Okay. See you soon. Okay. Have a great day. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much 
for listening to Remodel Your Life. I sure have enjoyed being with you today. And if you really like our show, we'd love it if you would subscribe through iTunes. You can always send us feedback through email at Camille at RemodelYourLifePodcast.com. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Remodel Your Life Podcast. This episode has ended, but your remodeling journey can continue. Head over to RemodelYourLifePodcast.com to access all the resources, tools, and links mentioned in this episode. Until next time, get your hands dirty and create the life you want from the foundation up. And thanks again to Blue Apron. I just love cooking with them and so appreciate their support of my show. It's also important to remember that at different life stages, we handle things differently. So, you know, if you haven't had yourself in the middle of a problem for a really long time, you can't expect yourself to solve today's problem with 10-year-old ways of looking at things, right? So, yeah, I like that. Hmm.